If you're seeking a solution to your substance use problems that doesn't label you for life or make you go to daily meetings with strangers and instead shows you how you can solve your problem and create the life you truly want, then you've come to the right place. The Freedom Model is for you. The Freedom Model program options allow you to continue to live your life, learn the Freedom Model on your schedule, and implement what you're learning immediately in your daily life. The The Freedom Model online program consists of more than 20 hours of video lessons taught by Mark and me. There are two to three lessons per chapter to guide you through the Freedom Model text. We have also included our lessons, the mind and the brain, the binge construct, and life movements. You'll get digital copies of our book, our workbook, additional lessons and their worksheets, and our audiobook. Included with the online program is the Freedom Model for the Family online program and books. New Freedom Model quick lessons posted weekly, the Freedom Model monthly newsletter, the 12-step deprogramming seminar series, and a monthly two-hour members-only live question and answer webinar with Mark and me. To enroll in the Freedom Model online program, go to online.thefreedommodel.org or click on the link. Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. Hey, everybody. Hi, hi everyone. Welcome to the Addiction Solution. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sheeran. We are the co-authors, along with Stephen Slate, of the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap. Yeah. So we we are still working on our, our series where we had asked our people in our Facebook group what we should talk about. And so this week, and this is such a great topic, it's so important. And what is our what is our Facebook group? It's it is a- the Freedom Model Group. Um, we also have a group for families, which we're going to be changing the name of it, and we're going to be doing more work with with families and loved ones here coming up in the future. Um, and we're going to be announcing some different stuff that we're doing. So it's families moving beyond. Addiction and recovery. Addiction and recovery, I think. Um, but we're probably going to switch that to the Freedom Model for the Family Group. Um, yeah, I'm probably gonna do that today, actually. Which I'm gonna move the this out of the way. Um, so the the topic today is: Can talking critical to yourself be motivational? And why sometimes it works for people? Now they said it works for people. I'm gonna say it seems to work for people because it's not exactly that the person uses David Goggins, and both Mark and I have read his book. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a pretty remarkable human being. And, um, and so we, we absolutely understood this. If you haven't read his book, 
It's called, I've got to remember what it's called. I'll, Mark took my phone away, so I can't look it up. Um, but <laughs> but I'll, we'll, I'll get that before the end of this episode to let you know what it's called, because I think it is a. Well, just do a search on David Goggins. Yeah, do a search on David Goggins. And it's, the book is, I think, is inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a so. bit extreme. He is extreme. Well, he's fully extreme. <laughs> He is. He's hard. He's crazy hardcore. Yeah. So, so yeah, you might want to check it out. I actually listened to the audiobook, which was done in like podcast format. So if you like podcasts. Yeah. Very cool. The audiobook was really great. It was really great. So, so, so can I frame out? Yes. So I want to frame out a couple of things. First of all, there's in, in our book, the freedom model for addictions, we talk about negative motivators don't really change people don't they don't facilitate change effectively and and that's that's true that's human behavior that um and let me let me tell you what i mean by a negative motivator uh fear based motivation is is a motivation that is very 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 temporary yeah and so it, limited yeah it tends to um it tends to fade quickly and there's a reason for that. And in one of the chapters in the book called The Positive Drive Principle, we go through how people are actually motivated. So I want to frame this out first before, so you understand the nuance of where we're going with this conversation. So uh, in The Positive Drive Principle, the idea is that you're always moving in the direction of what you think uh, will benefit you the most in that moment in time. And uh in some positive direction, the positive drive principle. And that is you're always doing that, whether you get in your car or you decide to hitchhike, whether you decide to put a needle in your arm or decide not to, or whatever it might be, um, you it's all based, those decisions are based on, I think I'd rather be high than not high or vice versa, or whatever decisions you're making, the way you sit in a chair at that moment, if, if you decide to go for a run, doesn't matter. It's all positively based. And now that's not to say we don't have negative things in our lives that motivate us. Sometimes, mm. sometimes you uh, have a tragedy or some bad situation, a health crisis, a health crisis, or even a bad conversation that makes you walk out in the hall at the office and say, fuck this, I'm leaving today. You know, so it, but what you find is that it very quickly converts to, I'd rather be home than deal with my manager yelling at me. You know, so the fear goes away, the angst goes away, and we tend to our gaze, our mental gaze tends to switch from a negative motivator to a I will be happier at home right now. And and when you start to understand this principle, this idea of how humans are motivated and you gauge your decisions based on what are the benefits I'm seeking in this decision making process, when you do that, you become a very, very um, easily changeable person. You become, you evolve quickly. Yes. You change your life in positive directions. It's a, it is a tool. This mindfulness of what am I seeking the benefits of is really important. And, and it can be a powerful tool for, for self-change for positive self-change. So I just wanted to frame that out first. Yeah. I mean, there's, when we were, I was an, an, an athlete, um, in high school, a four sport athlete in college, a two sport athlete. And, and there were some coaches that, well, a lot of coaches that motivate you in that way where they're like, you know, come on, you're slow, you know, pick, step it up. And, 
And some people responded very well to that. I was one of those people that, you know, I would, I would, you know, step it up and, but did I step it up because I, I believed that I'm this slow, lazy piece of shit right? or did I step it up because I knew I could do better? Okay. Stop right there. Because I actually didn't play sports and didn't have the courage to play sports based on that kind of motivation because I did think I was a worthless piece of shit. So, and I, and I didn't have the confidence to try because I had no social skills when it came to participating on a team level because I didn't grow up that way. So because I'm, I came from a different perspective, I couldn't be motivated that way because I did actually think that I was uh, uh, right. incapable. That is it. That, that is it. Like in the classroom setting, I couldn't be motivated that way because I genuinely believed that I wasn't smart in certain areas. You know, that like I, in my, in my family, I, you know, out of, out of our three kids, I had the lowest IQ of the three of us when we had IQ tests done. So I somehow believed that that made me not as smart as everybody else. And so there's no way I could be motivated that way. But I was, you know, I had been participating in athletics and, you know, I was putting swim lessons when I was three years old. I was in dance class at three years old. I was always doing something athletically oriented from, from as early as I could remember. And I was told I was gifted that way. And so for me, I always believed that I had enormous potential and could do better. And it, you know, it kind of, it's kind of funny because it kind of turns out that I was, you know, pretty smart too, but it's, it all really depends on your personal belief system. So when somebody asks this question, I know what they're getting at. They're getting at the idea that somehow I can motivate myself to stop drinking and drugging the way that I am by calling myself an addict, a piece of shit, a lazy piece, whatever it is. What's wrong with me? I shouldn't want to do this. You know, I, I'm, I'm a bad person and you know what? I'm done with this because I'm, I'm fucking shit up so badly and it's very consequence cost oriented. Yes. And why can't, why can't I be motivated? Why doesn't that, what doesn't that work? Well, it doesn't work if you genuinely believe it. That's right. Like David Goggins, when you listen to his book, he wasn't saying you know, when he would, when he was calling himself names and yeah, he would say, I'm a fat fuck. Yes. Yeah. He he didn't, what he was doing was he was envisioning, Mark said this just before we started, he was envisioning himself not being that way. All right. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. So the words he used were harsh. Yes. And one of the reasons he used those words specifically, we have to look at the motivation behind it that Michelle just said. When he was saying, I'm a fat fuck, what he was actually saying is, I'm not going to be a fat fuck anymore. The positive drive principle was hidden behind these harsh words. Right. The motivation was, I have to, and he says this, I had to stop lying to myself. I had to look at myself accurately, but why? What was his positive drive saying? The positive drive was saying, if I continue to lie, I will continue to be fat and I don't want to be anymore and I want to be healthy. Yes. And so really the motivation with somebody like David Goggins on the outside is very harsh and raw, but the internal motivation is I'm no longer going to be this way and I can see that. 
Yes. Yes. I can see that there is this enormous potential within me and I am a powerful person within my own mind and I can actually reshape my body. I, by, by changing the, by the choices that I'm making, by the things that I'm doing every day, I know that I, and then he, what he really did. And if, when you listen to the audiobook, I don't know if it's this way with when you're reading it, because I only listen to the audiobook. I could hear in his conversations with the author of the book that, that what he was saying in his own mind was, I'm going to challenge myself to see just how strong I am to see just like he would look at his reality of his current situation and he would envision how good can I become? Yeah. That's, that's it hidden behind yes. harsh, raw words. That's different than somebody saying, I'm a fucking addict. I'm fucked up. Yep. I'm going to be this way forever. Yep. I'm this way my whole life. It'll I, kill me someday. And I, yeah, I, I just got cirrhosis. I'm probably going to die. I should want to stop. Notice it's, I should want to stop, mm -hmm. not I want to stop. So they're not seeing the positive on the other end. No, they're remaining locked into a, a place where they're saying, this is who I am. I am the alcoholic. I am the And I addict, can't do any better. And, and this is the way it is. And I should want to stop. Or I can't keep drinking like this anymore. I lost my wife, my career. And now I have cirrhosis. Or I, you know, I have hepatitis. Or I have HIV from dirty needles. Or A, B, C, D, and E. You know, and there's no solution in concentrating on a problem. So when David Goggins concentrated on a problem. He did it with the motive of not having the problem anymore. Right. That's, he, that's so important. That nuance. It is. He did it in the pursuit of something better, right? That he was already envisioning in his own mind. That's right. He was already seeing, Oh, I can be, you know, I can be this lean, strong, capable person. If I put my mind to being it right now, what I am is not that. So that let's talk about that. So yep. that brings up ac this topic. This is a, a subtopic of accurately assessing where we actually are in our lives and being very accurate about that. And yes. Truthful. And I think that people do usually have a pretty good assessment. If you've been drinking and drugging and your life is a shit storm. Yeah. You usually have, have, exercise that idea in your mind enough. Um, but it's coupled with so much mythology that makes it a trap that you're fucked. Yeah. You're, 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 there's no, there's no out except for something equally miserable called perpetual recovery. So you're in this weird, we call it the, the treatment and recovery trap. You're in this weird place where you're, you're just vacillating from one bad extreme to another bad extreme. And that is, hmm. I got to quit. I'm deprived of the very thing that is the only thing that's going to make me happy. And I'm going to, now I'm going to have to go to meetings the rest of my life and feel deprived. But it's a little better than shooting a needle in my arm and having massive withdrawal and hepatitis. So, so you know, you're, you're vacillating between these two lesser of two evil, miserable places. And that's it. And, and that's a, that's a horrible place to be. And so notice the key to all of this is 
could I be better? Yeah, well, it's it's the difference between thinking this is who I am right now and this is who I am forever. Right. Okay. Or because, who I could be, which right, is the other option. Which is the other option. I mean, you, it, Mark is exactly right in, especially in the addiction space. You know, the best you're told you can do is a daily reprieve, right? Is is you'll always be craving and wanting. And now the best you're going to do is being on Suboxone or getting your monthly shot of naltrexone and hoping you don't crave every day. Yeah. That's pathetic. Yeah. I mean. That's pathetic. It, it, so. Such a terrible so standard. No wonder. I, I, look at if you're going to try and motivate yourself with these, with, with doing like what David Goggins did, if you're going to, you have to, in order for it to be effective, you have to have a belief system that, that I can escape all of this. You have to have a vision of who you can be out there and who that is. And I think for people that are stuck in, in this, this addiction world, this recovery addiction world where they're, they're vacillating between heavy use and abs, forced abstinence and they're, they're going back and forth. You, you probably don't have a clear vision of what it looks like to be free. You don't even know that you can be. No. I no. mean, that's so sad to me that that literally breaks my heart because I remember what it was like to, to look out at the landscape of my life and say, the best I'm going to do yes. is outpatient clinics. In those days, they didn't have Suboxone, right? That we're right, 34 right. years ago. We want um, to send you a free copy of our revolutionary book, The Freedom Model for Addictions. To help us bring this incredible gift to you, we ask that you pay a small fee for shipping. Learn how tens of thousands of people have permanently solved their addictions without steps or meetings and make 2023 your best year yet. Give yourself or someone you love the gift of total freedom from addiction. Click on the link to get your free copy sent to you today. And and meetings the rest of my life, my life, I'm never going to be a normie. I'm never going to be like everybody else. I'm not going to be able to I, take an opiate if I have surgery. I remember worrying about that. God, that's when, so I, like, ridiculous. When I was, I, I was very heavy in into AA when I was got pregnant for my son, and he was planned. My husband and I were married, much to the dismay of everybody in AA. And um, and I I remember like being told, "Oh, you have to go through natural childbirth. No meds. No drugs." You can't get drugs. You so, can't get opiates. It's so ridiculous. It's just you know, so and um, and and then I finally did have a woman who is sane, and she had just had my my sponsor had just had a baby, and she did say to me, "That's bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit." She's like, "They made pain, pain medications for a reason." So you do see that in there. So all of these AA people who are going to come on here now and go, well, "We never say." Lots of you say that. Lots of you tell people <laughs> yeah. you can't have opiates. You shouldn't have any medications. You're very anti-medications. And um, and especially with somebody like me who opiates was one of my things. I liked opiates before that was vogue to do. So, you know, I, so yeah, I did end up getting medications. But this idea that the, that the best I can hope for is that, that I'll always be this addict person and so the rest of my life is going to be kind of muted. Yeah. You know, so you have to shed that whole idea that your life is going to be muted and really get the vision of, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have to be this person. Yeah. Maybe right now I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm mad at myself because the, the, 
the, you know, the thing that makes me happiest in life is getting drunk every night. But maybe I should allow for the possibility that, that there are really much greater things in life and I can be much happier than this, this way that I'm living right now. Yeah. It's all about understanding that what you've been told in the recovery society which includes treatment, AA, everything. Okay. All if you haven't it. read our book, you don't maybe know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about all the different uh, modalities that keep you tied to treatment and recovery and addiction. Okay? Yeah. Which is basically our entire treatment system. Our entire culture. Our entire culture. Yeah. So if, if, if you can't see past that system and, you may not be able to because there's so much misinformation God. that that we had to write a 470 page book to undo all of it. Yeah. Literally, Literally deconstruct it. To deconstruct the lie, the grand lie of recovery. It's such a trap, folks. So, you know, you can't have a vision of being a free thinking, happy, evolving mindful, blissful, even joyous, happy person. If you believe that you're flawed. Yeah. It's you're permanently broken. You're different. You're not as strong as somebody. They make it a, 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 a message of strength and weakness. It's not, it's just, you have a preference for, for heavy use that can change, but you don't know that because they have all these distractions, all these processes, all this bullshit charade that you have to do. So, so let's get back, back to David Goggins. So, so it all comes down again, always to motivation. What is inside yes. of you when you're thinking something? Do you, are you concentrating on what a piece of shit you are? If you think that, then you become more of that. Yes. If you genuinely believe it, if you identify as a piece of shit, as a loser. And and then that makes you feel bad. And then if you keep the mythology that drugs somehow relieve that condition of the yes. mind, that thought, well, then it drives you back to heavy use, which is exactly how the treatment system is built yep. to keep you constantly thinking what a piece of shit you are. Think about the exercises you do in treatment. Think mm. about them. They're always write down all the consequences, write down the costs you paid. You shouldn't want to do this. They keep you in the loop, dude. They keep you completely devoted to looking at misery so that treatment becomes the thing you go to, but then they keep you wrapped up in this thought process, which means that relapse is inevitable. They call it relapse. I don't like that term because it's disease ideals, but then you go back to drinking and drugging because they've built up the drug and you're forever in this cycle. And what we're saying is jump completely out of that, totally out of that by saying to yourself, first of all, I don't need treatment. I get to think whatever the fuck I want to think. Yeah. I, I get to do, I get to write the script of my mind. They don't get to write it. And I get to think positively about my future. I get to believe that I don't have a disease because that belief is true. You know, I get to, do research and figure these things out for myself. I get to do all of that because I have a mind. I'm an autonomous person and I get to think whatever I get to think. And you can say to yourself right now, my life is a travesty. I remember sitting on a corner homeless, 18 years old at the time, 19, 
and being totally miserable, but also being a little excited at the fact that I had a fresh start. Yeah. And I could see, I could see out there and I put one foot in front of the other and went and got a job and would ride the buses at night in Troy going from Lansingburg to South Troy. So I had a place to sleep on the bus and then switch to a different bus line. So they wouldn't kick me off. <laughs> you know, I did that for three nights. I remember that because I was so embarrassed by my life. But I did it, and then I got a job, and then I got an apartment, and da 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 da, and here I am. Well, when you think about it, you know, make this. I'm going to make this a little bit easy. Um, there is a difference between thinking once you take on that identity of the powerless, hopeless addict, right? Once you take that identity on, beating yourself ju up just makes life look more futile. Yeah. which is what treatment and, and AA bank do it. for you, yeah. right? Is, is tell you, you got to look at your character defects and your flaws and what a selfish, egotistical, self-centered person you are, which, which probably isn't even remotely accurate for most people. Um, and that is when you're beating yourself up in that place, that's why suicide rates are so high. Yeah. I mean, yes. never well, binge rates are five times exactly. higher. Exactly. Yeah. I, I look at, there's been from the time that I quit drinking and I did quit drinking in a, in that place where I was like, wow, I've really sunk to a really low, terrible place. And I was suicidal, but thankfully there was a p part of me that knew that it, I, that, that there could, there had to be something else out there that life could, had to be better. Yeah. Right. So I, but then that's happened to me repeatedly throughout my life. Even long after I stopped drinking, there've been points in my life where, where I've had these kind of wake up calls, um, with, for one thing or another, whether it was, whether it was in my parenting, whether it was my marriage, my personal health, mm -hmm. um, all, which is part of life. And so, so yeah, I am somebody like Goggins who can, motivate myself in this way, which is why I liked this question so much, where I can be like, yeah, you got to get to the gym fatty. You know what I mean? Like, like I can, I can think that way, but, but I, but on the other side of it, I know that going to the gym makes me happier. Right. I do know that I've, you know, I've, I've gained weight and lost weight and gained weight and lost so weight my whole life. And I know my personal abilities and what makes me happier and, and I, I don't identify that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. So here's, here's something that we can help the audience with. So what you just described is the natural process of the positive drive principle yes. in your life. But the difference is that when you become mindful that that's actually what you're doing, Yes. Then you can use it. And people often ask, we want tools. We just did a podcast on this. The only tool there is, is being, is recognizing what already exists within you, within your, the confines of your autonomous mind. And when you become aware that you are motivated all the time by this positive drive and how it manifests itself, when you become really cognizant of it and you go, wait a minute, I, I can think past being overweight. I can think past being high all the time. I, I really believe there is a way out. You're not going to get that in treatment. No. Okay. They're, they're going to tell you, 
costs, 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 you piece of shit. Yeah, focus costs. on those costs. Keep it green. Yeah. Keep it green. Keep it green. Don't ever let yourself believe that you can move past this because it's a chronic progressive brain disease. You're biohacked. It's all bullshit. And it's really, really harmful. It's really harmful. There is, this is, treatment is not a neutral experience. It's literally designed to extinguish or make you completely unaware that you're an autonomous thinking creature. Right. They marginalize your mind. They make it sound like you can't think. If you think, you drink. Mm. Think about these things. Keep it simple, stupid. Your best thinking got you here. Yeah. How many times have you heard this shit? That's gaslighting. That's that's the entire industry ignoring that you're an autonomous thinking person that can critically think about your own needs and you're a free thinking person and you have free will. Don't let them take that away from you. Don't. Don't. I left. I left and I said to myself, there, after I had a gun in my mouth, I literally was on the verge of blowing my head off. And I had a moment where I realized that treatment made me worse. And I took the gun out of my mouth. I, I was shaking. I was, I was literally sweating. I was, I was like, holy God, I almost just killed myself. And then I was like, you know what? I, I was better before treatment. I was a lot better. It's better than this, you know? And, and then I had a thought fo forward thinking. Yes. My positive drive was enacted. And I said, you know what? This can't be right. Right. How the fuck did I get here? You know, at that point over a year sober and with a gun in my mouth after treatment, you know? And the reason is because they marginalized, they took away my understanding of who I am, a thinking, free will oriented, positively driven creature. Yeah. And you are too. Every single human is designed with those attributes. You have free will, autonomy, and the positive drive, and you're born with them. So get rid of this idea that you need some third party to tell you how to fucking live because that's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. But I understand why you believe it. I believed it too, and so did she. Yeah. So look at, there's a difference between sitting and beating yourself up for the, for last night's drunken debacle and feeling like, you know, and bashing yourself and, and calling yourself this horrible piece of shit. There's a difference between doing that and what David Goggins did. Okay. Um, which is accurately assess the night and say, I'm not going to do it anymore. Exactly. And I'm never going to feel this way again. And when he was doing that, like, I want you to think about it. Go read the book. Listen to the audio book. When he was doing it, what was he doing while he was doing it? He was running relentlessly and, you know. He, he was put actively. Action. Doing, yeah. Taking action to get a different future. He was taking action to create different outcomes. Most of the time when people are beating themselves up for a drunken debacle of a night, they're drinking. Okay. I'm either, they wake up, they got the shakes, they start drinking again, or feeling drugging. like a piece of shit. Most of the time when we're beating ourselves up, we're doing the behavior that made us beat ourselves up. Yeah. Because we still believe in the benefits of, of drugs and alcohol, the overblown mythical magic. So that's another angle. That's mm -hmm. another angle that we cover in the book and all our programs. And that is how do you challenge, how do you challenge the drug effects yes. so that you don't think that's your solution every time that you can push that aside, push the drugs aside and say that, that that's not a solution, but like David Goggins, I'm going to go running or 
I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change my relationships. I'm going to go out and live my dreams or hell, I'm just going to live better. Yeah. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a couple small changes every day to get towards, you know, who I want to be, who like I'm, I'm going to envision. And we, we cover this in the book, we cover this in the online program, you know, what is my self image? And, and if it's, where is it realistically today? And then where do I want it to be in the future? Who do I want to identify as? I mean, Mark talks about, he gave it a name and in, in our creating a new self-image lesson, we give it, a, we tell you, give your new self-image a name. What is it? For Mark, it was the good citizen. For me, it was the marrying kind, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like I yeah. envisioned a, a, the woman that I could become. That's right. That's right. This is so crucial. So so your self-talk, understand what your motives are. And ultimately, if you're if you're hurting yourself by just living in self-pity, tell yourself, I'm not allowed to have self-pity. And immediately, if right. you get rid That's of self-pity. Yeah, if, if you get rid of self-pity and you say, I'm not allowed to have that anymore. Yeah, and I've, it's I've, a waste of my time and energy. I've made that a rule of mine. I no longer indulge or even entertain self-pity. I don't do it. Nope. I, and I can honestly say that my life and my productivity and my health, and this is something that I just did in the last year. Right. You know, because I could easily find myself going, I said, no, no more. And my life has dramatically improved dramatically. My yeah. health, everything, not that my life was bad before, but it's really, it's really. So, so once you get rid of self-pity, you're not wasting time anymore. Then you automatically, your positive drive kicks in. Because yes. the space of self-pity goes away and all of a sudden all these opportunities. That is the difference. That is the difference. You know, the negative self-talk. Well, are you doing it while you're wallowing in self-pity or are you doing it while you're actively creating your future? Yeah, and it can start in the mind. In David Goggins' case, it's not like he could transform his body then. He wasn't right. going to all of a sudden be thin, just like I wasn't all We're of a strong, sudden, right. all of a sudden going to have good relationships in my life again, a great job and my health back. I didn't, I had nothing. I was, I was fucking homeless. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and I had no money. I had no driver's license. I had a bad reputation in town. I, I didn't have any assets at that moment, but in my mind I did. In my mind, I was like, I'm going to be the good citizen yeah. and I'm going to change myself. And that right there changed me then because i now had motivation and that's what made me literally walk across the bridge on the hudson river in north troy and go get a job in the warehouse and start my life over yeah yeah so so i think i think we've covered this very well and yeah. you know so I, it was a, what a great question um really really uh I, I had to we had to think about it we waited on this one because i really had to kind of dig into it and figure it out and i think we did yeah, we did. I think we did. So I want to tell you a couple things. Um, one, we are going to be doing some interviews. Um, well, first of all, we're Mark and I are going to be on another podcast called the Doctor Patient Forum here in the next in the near future. Yeah. Um, we're uh, we're actually recording next, it this next, week. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, it's being recorded, but this is going to be released next week. So it's going to be recorded on the eighteenth of February. Um, this is going to be released somewhere on the 22nd of February. Um, so my guess is that that podcast gets released very soon there after this one does. So, um, so we're very excited about that. And we're going to have some 
a couple guests on our podcast here. Uh, we've been talking with a really great therapist who uh, specializes in trauma. Yeah, and she's going to beat up on uh, Gabor, Gabor Mate. She is. So it's so refreshing to find therapists that understand what we're talking about in chapters five and six when we say, look it, trauma does not cause addiction. There are no causes for addiction. This is this new age belief, you know, where, where addiction seems to have moved away from certain areas that it needed to. It seems to have gone into the, oh, yeah, well, now it is that everybody that has addiction issues has trauma. Uh -huh. Um, Such and Gabor Mate has made this very, very popular, even though there literally is no data that supports it. There's not even a weak correlation. Okay. So, and we cover this in, in chapter six. So we are going to, we're going to go over that, um, in the next, within the next few episodes, we'll record with her probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then we are going to be offering, I'm going to announce this today. Um, this is big. This is big. We are going to be offering. What do we call them? Master classes. Yeah. <laughs> Master classes. Kind of like a like the two to three hour um, where Mark and I are live. And the first one we're going to offer is for families. And we may offer that monthly um, where we kind of take them through a crash course in the freedom model and show them. Uh, and the, we take them in the crash course in the freedom model for the family. But they learn the freedom model and we show them how they can approach someone who is struggling with addiction. We show them how they can get their lives back. So let me tell you something. So for everybody that's listening here, you may be doing the freedom model, getting your life together and your family may disagree. Yes. If that's the case, have them take the masterclass with us. It, it actually might end up being more than three hours long. It's going to be a good solid morning on a Saturday. Um, or a Sunday, I think Saturday is probably we Saturday. We decided we would do it. On and Sunday. Michelle used to run these courses over two days with people live. They would come to a hotel and they, they would do these big, big shindigs. And, um, but we have it, we have it nailed right down to the curriculum. Um, but if you're, if you're going through this and your family saying, what are you doing for recovery? Are you going to your right. therapy? Are you going to the outpatient clinic? You know, and you're, you're going, going to your meetings, right. And you want to pull your hair out. One of the things that we're going to do is we're going to go through the AAD programming, uh, series with the family. We're going to show them why it's a cult, how it's a cult, um, and amongst uh, many other things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's invaluable. I would, we would limit when I was doing my two day workshops with families, it was, there was families for people or, you know, whose loved ones were at the retreats at the time. Um, I would pack them in every time I, I ran them for a few years and, um, and it was invaluable for them. It, it really, it imp helped them improve their relationships, uh, with the substance user. It, it, it just helps people all the way around. Yeah, it does. And, and that's going to, so we're going to announce that, um, there will be a cost associated with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, but the families are going to love it because they'll be able to sleep at night. Finally, even if, even if their loved one is still continuing to get high, let's say they're not involved with the freedom model yet. Right. And right. A, a lot of families are out there wondering, you know, how, how do I deal with my son who's in his bedroom shooting heroin right now? Yeah. You know, yeah. and we have answers for those people. We do. We do. So if you know someone, um, you know, turn them on to the podcast, 
And um, remember, if you're listening and you like this episode, give us five star rating. Yes, on please, Spotify please, please. That helps. It helps <laughs> us reach more people. It does. This is it about does. helping people worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. And share it with your friends and ch check us out on, on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Um, and and uh, don't forget to uh, spread the word of, of Stephen's TED Talk. Yes. Uh, your relationship to addiction. Is that what it's Our right? relationship to addiction. I always can never remember So that. If, you, if you like get on YouTube and you Google Stephen Slate TED Talk, our relationship to addiction, or even just Stephen Slate TED Talk, you'll find it. Yeah. Families love that one too. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone. Are you struggling with a drug or alcohol problem, but you don't want to go to rehab or group meetings? Well, that's why we created the non-12-step Freedom Model Coaching Program in 2011. Through video conferencing on Zoom or Skype, you can work privately with a certified Freedom Model Coach from your home or office on your schedule. And here's the best part. With the Freedom Model, you'll never be labeled an addict or an alcoholic, and we won't tell you to go to 12-step meetings or hamper your life with endless recovery rituals. Instead, you can learn exactly why addiction isn't a disease and how you can solve the problem for good and move on with your life. Do you want to be completely free from your addiction? Do you want to never have to attend meetings, rehabs, or addiction counseling ever again? And do you want to solve your problem from the comfort of home? Then call us at 888-424-2626 to talk with a Freedom Model coach today and experience the Freedom Model difference.